welcome to the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast. Proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Here are your hosts, Mark Ellison, Shannon Donato and Jeremy Monaghan. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If. What If has you covered for accommodation, flights, car hire and more. So if you're looking for a holiday, travelling for business or you need to get to the next game, visit whatif.com slash Rabbitohs. What If, it's Aussie for travel. My name's Jeremy Monaghan. I'd like to welcome my co-hosts again for episode 7 and they said we never make it boys. All the way to seven, but uh, my co host. Jess. <laughs> <laughs> they're right if they're talking about my football career. <laughs> How are you this morning, Yellow? Yeah, very well, Jez. Um, another exciting victory over uh, last weekend. So uh, we keep it up this week, it'll be good. Absolutely. Shannon, how are you this morning? I'm very well. Um, enjoying these early morning starts. Fantastic. I saw you chirpy as, as you came in this morning, Jez. Always a pleasure. <laughs> I think I still had my pillow attached to the side of my head when I walked in this morning. <laughs> I couldn't tell the difference. Uh, well, well, you didn't have your pyjamas on, mate. Yeah. We're all happy about that. <laughs> I, just, I thought we might start this week with um, some shout-outs and wanted to thank everyone who've left five-star reviews for us and some comments on the um, on their chosen podcast platforms for the Rabbitohs podcast network. They've gone to the effort to do that. So I wanted to thank Sec2035, Ali Bird 74 Adam Maddow, Kieran, Triff81, Rob Trelaw, and John of Coogee for their reviews over the past month. We really appreciate the feedback. And actually, Triff81 suggested one of our topics for the show today. So if anyone has any suggestions about topics that they want us to, to delve into with our top four topics, please feel free to send them through and we will uh, we'll have a look at them. So it's good to see the people are enjoying the show. Yeah, I've got mum to send seven evening last week for us too, Jess. She was very good. It would have been she didn't know how to do it, but I did it for her. So, you know, it was good. In typical Ellison fashion, you only asked her to send one and she sent 17. <laughs> listen, listen, this is it's getting a bit nasty, this is nasty than the fat jokes. <laughs> oh, don't worry, I can feel them coming. I was going to say, we're slow out I of the blocks I can see them coming, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Didn't we are two minutes 43 in? That might be a new record anyway. We'll go to our first discussion point and it's something that we've learned this week. We'll start with you, Shannon. Okay, I learnt this week that sometimes birthdays can be overrated. Uh, I turned the grand old age of 46 and first of all, my wife forgot my birthday. She said, <laughs> "When when's your birthday? I said, April 3rd. She said, oh yeah, I knew that, but what year? I said, every year. It's April 3rd. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she asked me, she asked me what I wanted and always been a bit of a rev head and I know we've got Sutton's, the great guys down there who do great deals on cars. I said... I want something that goes from zero to 120 in under three seconds. And sure enough, the next day, there's a little box and I unwrapped it. And I'm thinking, what could it be? You know, I know Sutton sell all different types of cars. Something goes from zero to 120 in under three seconds. And I opened it up and sure enough, there was a set of scales. <laughs> 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 so yes, birthdays are overrated. Very good, very good. But you know what? It was a square up last year for her birthday. I said to her, you know, Gab, what would you like for your birthday? She thought about it for a while, and she said, "Oh, I'd love to go somewhere we haven't been for a while." So I took her into the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! Uh, I think she'll forget your birthday. Yeah, she, <laughs> she, she will too. I think that's been uh, rubber stamped already. Uh, Over to you, Ella. What's something you've learnt this week? Oh, it's weren't that. Um, yeah, it's, it's a long time since we're in lockdown last year. We're now 12, 12 months past it. Just over twelve months. The borders are back to New Zealand, so it's great that we're back. That the economy's got to that stage and. You know, uh, relationships between countries over here are able to open the borders up. Um, and it's good that people can, can be able to travel outside Australia and, and as well as in Australia. So um, it's a, a good progression. It's the start of the opening of the borders. Um, yeah, we probably thought at times when is this ever, ever going to come, you know. And I'm sure What If's got some great deals that they can send over to people over to New Zealand with and things like that. So uh, keep your eyes out there. One story, though, back with the um, 
talking about Shannon's, but it was April last year. I remember walking along Coogee Beach with a friend of mine who will remain unnamed. Uh, We were walking along and on his phone came up that all bottle shops were closing at midnight that night. You know, there was all this scare about the, um, you know, going to lockdown. and You remember it was Friday, everyone was buying up on toilet paper and, you know, the bottle shops were getting flooded with people and that. And it happened to be April, April Fool's Day, Jake. So the, the worst part about it was we were walking on the beach and we turned on a dime when we saw it to get home <laughs> as quick as we could to get to the bottle shop. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we had in the oh, lockdown, really, dear, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. amazing. It's, it speaks a lot about the Australian culture, you know. Um, we're going in the lockdown and all everybody's worried about is getting to the bottle shop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. Uh, something I've learned this week, the Royal Easter show is bloody expensive when you've got a five-year-old. Yes. <laughs> my uh, my daughter went to the Easter show yesterday with her grandmother, my mum, and my sister, her auntie, and she got home at about 10.30 last night, absolutely buggered, off her face, just so tired, with her arms full of show bags, wanting to open them all up um, last night, and there was just crap everywhere <laughs> in my house and my wallet's empty so yes. I'm blaming a grandmother for that visit so uh, this is my tip for families if you're thinking of heading to the Easter show on Thursday when you're parking in P1 don't go to the Easter show walk into Stadium Australia and come and watch the Rabbitohs take on the Broncos that's, that, that's my tip I've got to applaud you Jess how did you get out of going to the show with them all had to work Ella oh, well Tuesdays played. are a big day yeah, Ella yeah, well Tuesdays played. are a big day it would have been a lot more expensive yeah. year guys <laughs> Those things amaze me. I'm blown away by those things. <laughs> Had to check them out four times. <laughs> Just to make sure they're cooked properly. Uh, very good. Right, we'll head into our first uh, top four topic of the morning, and that is the one that Triff81 sent through to us last week, and it was the top four best tries that you've seen scored. I might start with you, Shannon. Okay, thanks. Jez, um, I'm sure every Rabbitohs member and fan and anybody who loves rugby league remembers this try. It was against the Broncos in 2014 up at Suncorp. It was Anzac Day and it was the great Greg Inglis. He uh, he, he picked the ball up on the our own 10-metre line in the, in the southwestern, southeastern corner of Suncorp Stadium and he did say beat eight people, ran even though it was 90 metres to the try line, running crossfield, he must have run 140 metres. And as I said, beat eight people. It was one of the one of the all-time great tries. And uh, whenever we play the Broncos, I always think about that try against the Broncos up at Suncorp. It was fantastic. So I'm hoping somebody, AJ or one of the boys, can replicate it this Thursday night against the Broncos. What a try that was. I was hoping I went first today because <laughs> that that's could be the greatest try I've ever seen. And I was lucky enough to be sitting on the sideline and watch it unfold. And you know, the the number of players he beat that night and how he did it. And, you know, some of them got their hands on him and he just shrugged them off. Even the last couple of moments of it, they get him off balance and he just manages to get himself in the right frame to be able to get over that line and put the ball yeah. there. That's right. He slides on his knee right near the end, doesn't <laughs> yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. He gets up and jumps again. One of the great tries. I'm down to three as well now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But a story about that try. So I was at Suncorp that night in the press box. And there was one journo there from Sydney. Josh Masood was there. There was me. And then the rest of their press box was full of Brisbane journos. And up there, despite being against the rules, they're quite parochial for their team up there, all the journos. And they'll cheer tries and clap and everything. And not supposed to happen, but it does. And um, when Greg took off on that run, I've never heard a press box so quiet. And... I was sitting in the second row. Josh was sitting in the front row, and I just saw him rising out of his seat, just standing up, and he just started cheering Greg on. Yeah. And Josh isn't any sort of South fan at all, but he was just saying, score it, score it. This is the story of the night. Score it, score it. <laughs> and he scored it, and then him and me just start cheering, and all the other journos, the Brisbane ones, are sitting there with their heads down. And I just thought, that's what it's about. And uh, <laughs> yeah. so I must, I must say, too, just jumping again, and sorry, Shannon, but one of the most memorable moments I've ever seen in our review room or you know, video room at South Sydney was – when uh, Kathy Freeman came in, I think we've spoken about before in 2014, before the grand final, uh, to help to present Greg with his, his, his jersey. Um, Leroy, our, our analyst, had put this this video together, uh, you know, highlighting both of their performances. And what he did, 
He started off with Greg starting at the first about 15 metres of his run and then cut in Cathy taking off on the blocks of the um, in the, the final of the, the 400 in 2000. And then as it went on and went on, and it, it finished with Greg putting the, the ball down and Cathy getting over the, over oh, the goal medal. I've got goosebumps thinking about it now, but it was uh, – was magnificent. That's how good a try it was, and that's how good her run was. Certainly was. Yeah. It was a shame she didn't get the ball down. She was held up. Yeah. But, uh. <laughs> that's because no one get near her. <laughs> oh, excellent! Right, I try number two. Number two is another Greg English special, and I'm sure most rugby league fans will remember this one too. In the in the centenary test at the SCG, and the athleticism. I've of- got two left, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, Yeah, it was one of those unbelievably athletic feats. He was dead set in the air. Well, first of all, he he caught the ball in the goal. He didn't catch it. It landed in his arms, bounced off his chest, went forward and went over the dead ball line and everybody assumed that it was going to be dead. But he's jumped from the in goals in the air, tapped the ball back over his head and Mark Gaznia gets a try. Whenever they do talk about it, they never say Mark Gaznia's try. They say that try that Greg Inglis set up. That was uh, that was certainly a great yeah. great try and a centenary test, a historic moment for the game. So it's I think Greg will be remembered for those two for, for a long time. Uh, the third one, I dare say, you guys might have this one as well, is George Burgess's try in the 2014 Grand Final. Yep. <laughs> it's going to be a short segment yeah, this week. Is, yeah, yeah. I've gone down from 15 to 12 now. <laughs> Here's a tip to all of us. Let's uh, cross-reference our notes before we Yeah, that try in the 2014 grand final, um, it was just an amazing feat of strength, power. At a, such a crucial moment, it was six all still at the game and about just over 20 minutes to go. And... You know, George was great, but Appy was really good too. He steps to the right, commits one of the markers, passes the ball in front of the guy who plays the ball. Um, George gets the ball. He sort of steps off the right and beats the first marker, um, charges into big um, Tony Williams. Yeah. Massive, massive frame. What about the research here, Jeff? I know. <laughs> oh, no, I, just, I, I remember this yeah. all. Yeah. We haven't signed any sponsors this week. <laughs> Tony Williams is 125, 130 kilos. He's just lighter than Ello, but he's a a, a massive man and he's just bumped him off like he was a six-year-old and then keeps on charging, runs over the top of the poor fullback. I think that was um, Sammy Perrett. Runs over. I thought he was going to keep running through to the bloody um, train station at home, but it was just nothing could stop him. And and it was, as I said, it was a crucial point. It was six all and... um, from that point on, the floodgates opened. So yeah. that was a really, really big try, um, not just in terms of uh, the, that game or the grand final, but in the history of the Rabbitohs. That was a very, very big try. And I've got a feeling I might take you fourth as well here, gents. Well, let's see. Bobby McCarthy, 1967 oh, grand final. Not me. Oh, well, there you go. I, I, <laughs> first of all, Mac is one of my favourites. He was a mate of my dad's and just all-round great guy, still is. Uh, Bob and Judy and even the, the kids and Darren coached me for a little bit here at the, the lower grades at South. So I've always had a soft spot for Bobby. But that try in the 1960 grand fi- 1967 grand final was just before half time. It was, it was a uh, again, a crucial time in the game. And uh, their hooker, um, Cole Brown, throw, throws, throws a long pass, which was un- not common at all for hookers back then, threw a long pass and wasn't a B, poor old. Uh, for Cole because Bobby scooped it up and he, he ran, you know, 70 metres or so, 60, 70 metres for the try. And and people may or may not know, that's pretty well documented, that Bobby did his hemi at about halfway through to the line there, kept running and kept outpacing everybody with a torn hemi. Um, I don't know how painful that could be, but I could imagine I, I don't have hamstrings. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's a great effort in it just before half time, busting the game open. So my four tries are GIs in. Anzac Day 2014 against the Broncos. GIs won in the centenary test. George Burgess in that grand final and Bobby McCarthy. 
1967 grand Very final. good selection there. Very good yeah, selection. Sure Over to you, Elo, for your remaining try. Yeah, that well. <laughs> yeah. Well, you always have to have a couple extra in case you, whoever you ask to go first. Yes. Maybe we can toss for that before yeah. we come on. <laughs> well, I mean, those tries are fantastic. Greg's one will live with me forever. I think. I think it's undoubtedly the best individual try I've ever seen. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but one really memorable try, and it didn't involve Rabbitoh players. It goes back. You know, I was I was only pretty young back in the 1980 grand final. Uh, the Roosters played the Bulldogs, and I think the Roosters were, were favourites to win it. But uh, Greg Brentnell made this break and put this huge bomb up on the run, um, uh, going heading towards the um, the member stand end of the of the, the SCG. And Steve Gearan chased it, and I think the bloke Michaels was the winger for the Roosters. I, I think a Marty Gur was their fullback. And those days it was just a regulation sort of catch, but Gearan climbed up over the top of him like an AFL player, caught the ball and scored the try and put the game out of reach. I don't know if you remember it. You mm. probably still – you might not have been born back then. Yes, I'm not sure. But, <laughs> I was three, um, but I've seen the replay. You've seen the replay. Yeah. It's one of the great tries. Yeah, and, it is. and on a great stage, grand final day. So yeah. that's that's one thing I do remember. Hello, that mightn't be a Rabbitohs try, but you know what? It's against the Roosters, so it's yeah, just yeah, as yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chance, we'll claim it. <laughs> That's probably why I'm so excited about it. <laughs> and they lost too. Yeah, right. everyone's a winner. Oh, that's unusual, isn't it? <laughs> now the uh, mate, another one. Obviously, I remember I've spoken many times about Phil Blake. Uh, we we played we played the Broncos at the Old Wing Park um, one day, and the the game was still in the balance. And Phil Blake, as we said, we used to say, make our tackles, kick the ball long. And get the ball to Phil Blake. That was basically our game plan. And um, uh, we had the team that could could do all the other stuff, and we had, had him that score the tries. And he, he just chipped over the top. It was about halfway, and the ball was bouncing a little bit oddly. Coming him and the fullback from the Broncos were about to catch it, and it just bounced. he just kicked it again without touching it. Just kicked it over his head, scored on the post. Game over. But again, just just one of those freakish players that, that could do that and. Mm. And like Greg, in a, in a different way, Greg had the power and everything like that. Blake, he had the speed and that. But they were players that could do things that no one else could do in the game. Mm-hmm. And that's what made them so memorable, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And one from another, another, uh, you know, Rossi Harrington. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a, this magnificent try, but it was the uh, what he left behind him in scoring it. It was at the... Um, Heading, heading uh, was it at Redfern Oval in front of the old uh, Peru's Hill there? He took on Gary Worth, and Gary Worth had a headgear on. He just bumped him off, ran straight over the top of him, and scored in the corner. <laughs> Poor old Gary Worth was just left on the ground. Oh. Um, he, I think he knocked him out trying to tackle him, but that was just Roscoe. He just he mm. just had that much power when he ran, and that's you know it wasn't memorable for anything but his determination that to score mm. the try. And I had to come up with that one pretty quickly because Shannon stole all the other ones. <laughs> we had some great power wingers in that era, didn't we? With, with guys like Ziggy Niscott and Terry Fay and yeah. and and Ross Harrington, they were sort of they weren't your typical flyers that some of the teams had. They were quick, but yeah. they were power. And they oh, were they big. they were, you know. Yeah. And, and um, what's Steve Roach is saying? He said that. The best things about wings is the other team has to have them as well. Yeah. <laughs> we, that's one thing with us. When you had guys like that, they they were just wanted to get in and run the ball. Yeah. Remember the first time wingers used to have oh, to yes. come in and take it off the tap? Yeah. Winger the, in. Four, the fours would be salivated to try and get hold of I remember a young Craig Carrington, and I'm, he would never make eye contact with me when I was going to do the tap. Pretend <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't hear me all of a sudden. Had blinkers on. Uh, very good. Uh, very good. Yeah. There's a uh, thinking back to that era. If, uh, have you finished your list there? Yes, mate. Yes, yep. I think so, so, yeah. so Shannon took a couple of mine, but thinking back to that era, I remember a great try scored by Eric Groth. Can't remember who it was against or what game it was in, but it, it was, was against Canterbury. Yeah, and I it think. was it was similar to Greg's one where he just he ran across field and he just bumped off player after player after player and ran over the top of them to, to score a great try. It was at the SCG. Yeah. It was the prelim final, right. I'm pretty sure. He was running to the southern end of the SCG into the old Sheridan stand. Yeah. 
and he came across field from the right and Steve Mortimer chased him, finally tackling around the legs as he got the ball. As he got over the line, yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember that one from, from that era. Great great era of football. So my my four were uh, the George Burgess try in the grand final. My second one was an, another Greg Inglis try against the Broncos in 2014. So we played him twice. Yes. We played him once up there where he scored that magnificent try and then he scored another one in Indigenous round. Down at uh, Stadium Australia in 2014, Adam Reynolds put up a short bomb. GI chased it through. He collected it on the right side of the field. He bumped off the fullback. I can't remember who the Broncos fullback was, but he... Neither can he. (laughs) (laughs) But he put him on his back. Greggy then got wrapped up. He offloaded the ball to Sam, keeping him on that Greg's on the right-hand side of the field doing this. He's offloaded the ball to Sam in front of the post. Sam's carried about three or four for 15, 20 metres. He got his arms free, was looking for someone to off the lo- offload the ball to. He's offloaded out to the left, and it was GI that was there to take it. Right. It was absolutely phenomenal because Greg had ended up on his back on the right side of the field yep. after he'd taken the bomb, and he somehow got up off the turf, circled back around, and was there to back up back up Sam and came through and did the famous Goanna yep. try celebration. Just the amazing athleticism from from a big man playing fullback. And Sam, I don't think Sam could even see him there. I think Sam just felt him there. Yeah. And just threw the ball up in the air as if give him time to run onto yep. it. It was yeah, that was a good try. Yeah, ama- yeah, amazing from Greg. And my last one, I'm surprised neither of you said it. Um I'm just gonna play this little bit of audio and we'll we'll see the reaction. Warren Smith has provided me with one of the great memories of my rugby league career and just life in supporting the game. That was 2012 against the Sydney Roosters at the Sydney Football Stadium. And the the story goes back to the first time we played them. That was round 19. I think it was round two or three. They played us at home at ANZ Stadium and they did it to us. They scored two tries in the last four minutes to beat us. Nathan Merritt had scored a try just before that to give us a sniff. We were four points behind. It was 22-18 and there were seconds left on the clock and that happened. And Renault scored the try in the end, but the work was done well before that. People talk about Dave Taylor and the skill that that man had. He took the ball in the north northeast corner of Stadium Australia, uh, um, sorry, of the Sydney Football Stadium that night. And he had the vision to go the blind side with his run off the kickoff. So it was a a length of the field run. He's found Chris McQueen, who then made a massive bust up field. And unbelievably, a team like the Roosters had a broken defensive line off a kickoff. I just don't know how they allowed that to happen. Um, Nathan Merritt then made the next bust off the offload of McQueen. He must have run... 40, 50 metres himself. Then he found Isaac Luke, and Isaac was out there on his own. He didn't have anyone left with him. The the defence was converging. His little legs were pumping away towards the post, and he got caught, and I'm sitting there thinking, he's been caught. That is so close. Next thing, he throws the ball over his head, and it bounces on the ground, and here comes little Reno with his little legs pumping, (laughs) and he scoops it up and scores next to the post. Now, that night, I was working with a guy called Pat Brady, who used to work in our um, digital team. It was me and him working in digital. And he said to me that night after the game, he said, I think you might have broken my shoulder. Because <laughs> I stood up and I'm hitting him on the shoulder and I'm saying, that's why we work in rugby league, mate. What a moment, what a moment. And I think one of the things lost on everyone was Renault still had to kick the goal. Yeah. Really? That was only 22 all. Yeah, he right. still had to calm himself down and kick the goal. Now, if you get the opportunity to watch the vision of that, after you've marvelled at the actual try, watch it again and watch the crowd behind them because everyone's sitting down thinking this game's over with only seconds to go when he takes the kick. But when he gets the ball to McQueen, then McQueen gets it to, to Nathan Merritt. As the camera pans upfield from left to right, you just see the crowd start to go 
as they start to get over in front of the Rabbitoh section, yep. where the burrow and all that sit, yeah. and by the end of it, it is an absolute riot over there. <laughs> Greg, I remember Greggy comes over, because all the boys ran to the fence and they're hugging people in the crowd. They had no idea who they were, just yeah. all big South fans and members, and everyone was loving life. Greggy came over and just started swinging high fives at people. I don't know how he didn't knock someone out. <laughs> when you see the he's just swinging his arms around, and everyone's, everyone's ducking and diving or sticking a hand out to get a piece of GI. So that was amazing. That that try that that'll stick with me forever too. That that try. Absolutely, that'll yeah. be part of our history forever. You know, just talking about it. As you said, I just listen for the audio. I could see Ello start beaming, and I started beaming whenever I see Rabbitohs members uh, watching that footage. They just they come alive. Or something that all of us remember fondly. Yeah, absolutely. No, great, great try there, and hopefully there's more of that sort of excitement to come, especially when you get a chance to beat the Roosters with. with Two minutes to go and scoring two tries. I don't think it gets much better than that, yeah. but it was very good. But we've got the, you know, that's a good point, Jez. We've got the strike power this this year, just on on every edge. You know, you you go to the left, go to the right. Even things are opening up on up in the middle. You know, you've got a guy like Latrell chiming in. You got Gags. You got Cody Walker. You've just got all of these excitement machines, and it's so hard for the defensive sides to to read because you know it's. Um, Often it's Adley football and it's just natural instinct. It's I don't remember us ever having as much strike power as we've got at the moment, Ella. No, I agree, Shannon. It's um, we, you know we we showed some great signs last year, uh, just playing a little bit different than what we have been. But we just play that way now. There's there's a little bit of off the cuff stuff. There's a little bit of uh, I wouldn't call it structured, but just just sort you know just. Yeah, you know, shapes are in place that it can do, but as we shape, as you know, Shannon, there's four or five different options in one shape. So it's you know mm. that that's what they're aware of as well. But as you say, that attacking uh, you know potency that we have mm. is becoming even more important for us. And and you know the, the oppositions are struggling because our defence has been so good as well. Yeah. So you know we we defend them. You know, we, we don't have to score as many tries. And what what's happening at the moment, we're still we're defending a lot better and scoring the same amount of tries. So yep. um, it's a good mix. Um, and I think, um, yeah, the, the players can bounce up from anywhere and score a try. I mean, yeah. look, at, look at even Mark Nichols' improvement. You yeah. know, Mark Nichols has always been a great player for us. He, you know, he re, he's one of our unsung heroes. Mm. There's no doubt about that. But now what he's doing, when he's near the try line, and he's got footwork, he's got a dummy, he's got an offload that you know, puts the opposition under pressure. And what Absolutely. that does, is it holds the middle forwards in and if he can get rid of the board, it gives us more more space out wide. So it's, Absolutely. you know, things like that, as you say, even in the middle area of the field, it's, it's, um, it's a credit to the coaches to get the, to get the boys playing yeah. like they are. Yeah. I guess a, a special mention for a try too, it won't go down in the annals as one of the the most historic tries that we've ever scored, but it, it really showed the skills of Latrell Mitchell was the try that he put on for Cody Walker in the Charity Shield this year. People talk about Latrell being a triple threat with his, with his pace and his power and then his deft touch, his passing game, but he showed all three in one one five-second movement to put Cody away for that try on the right-hand side where he used his pace to get outside his man, he used his power to push through two or three defenders, get his arm free, and then he passed the ball around behind the back of another defender to find Cody. He and held it up first too, didn't he? It, he went like, it was yeah. it was amazing. To, to what, I, I remember I was sitting on the sideline and just going, holy hell. Like, that's, yeah. That is so special to be able to, to do that and to be able to pull that off. And he gets so many... Um, so many comparisons to Greg because of his build and his size and his power game and all that sort of stuff. But in that try, I saw so much John Sutton. Mm. The way he held that ball up up high, then he brought it back down, got the ball around behind the back of another guy. Like I always used to call Sutto the magician because he could just pull magic out of anywhere to be able to put something on. And it just it showed in that part of the play. And I don't know whether Luttrell has been working with Sutto specifically at training on any of that sort of stuff or if it just came to him at the time with his own natural skill levels, but it just had John Sutton written all over it, <laughs> the way he played, put that try in for Even, Cody. I think it was the first try against the Roosters when when they went down the uh, – Cody was a dummy half. Well, no, Cody wasn't a dummy half, but get, the ball got to Latrell on the short side. And Latrell looked like the fake on the outside and just popped it up on mm. the inside to Cody. He was just there. I mean, yeah. 
you know, that that's remarkable skill. It you is. Know, and, and, you know, it, it just doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. And what what we're remembering, what we're, we're talking about here is the skill of the team together. The longer they play together, the better it will get. Yeah, you know, it. and that, that's, yeah. there's no doubt about that. I heard, I heard him describe that try after the game, and it shows you how quick these guys are thinking too. So he, he said he got the ball there. It, either Latrell was a dummy half or he was just off to the side and he got the ball. And he said, I saw Joey Manu at, at Marker. He said, and I've known Joey since we were kids. He said, I knew he'd want to try and put a hit on me. Yeah. So I just headed the short side, went towards the sideline, knowing he'd follow across and leave yeah. the hole. Yeah, and I've just thrown the flick pass to Cody, and Cody was good enough to be there and yeah. score. Now there wouldn't have been any verbal communication because he's at marker; they would have known exactly what was going on if there was verbal communication. Yeah, the defensive line that was all in instinct and knowing yes. where each other's going to be. And Latrell and Cody had a great understanding between each other without having to say anything. Yeah, those combinations are you know already gelling really, really well, and um, they're just going to get stronger. And you know, you spoke about some of that instinctive stuff for, for Latrell. I was fortunate enough to play with his old man, Matty, for about three years here in the junior reps at South and come through the grade and, and, and play against him at um, schoolboy footy. And Matty was the one of the most naturally gifted footballers um, I'd ever seen. And uh, I see a lot of Matty in some of the things Latrell does, but Latrell's obviously taken it to a whole nother level again. Matty, to, to be fair, Matty should have been a... Um, regular first grader and probably played first grade and, and rep footy at NRL level, but I think he got homesick and he, mm. he just went home. And I know Trell suffers from homesickness at time and, um, you know, uh, Indigenous families have a, have a really close kinship and that's somewhat understandable when they're from the from the bush heading down to the city. But had Matty stayed, I reckon he might have hit some of the, some of the same heights as well. Mm. No, very good. Well, that was a great first top four topic there. We will be back in a moment. We talk about it every week, the official Rabbitohs merchandise store. It's located now at the Heffron Park Tennis Centre on Bunurong Road in Maroubra. They've got all the new gear in there from classic sportswear and all the supporter gear as well. So if you're looking for a jersey or a polo shirt, a T-shirt, a hat, a, a flag, anything that you can think of, make sure you head down to Heffron Park and see the merchandise team down there and they'll help you out. And it's right near where our new uh, high-performance and community centre is going to be located in, in the heart of Maroubra there. So you can head down and see the team, try on your jerseys or your polo shirts, make sure sure you uh, get what you need ahead of the games coming up, uh, particularly the ones at Stadium Australia, or you, you can shop online if you can't get down to Heffron Park Tennis Centre at shop.rabbitos.com.au. And is there any new gear coming in this week, Shannon? There certainly is. The Cotton On range has just landed, Jez, so um, there's a, it's a huge range. It's at a really affordable price point for everybody. There's lots of women's, girls, um, unisex gear in there, and the, the Cotton, Cotton On range proves very popular. Uh, we sell over 40 – of the NRL clubs, um, the NRL licence cotton on have, we sell over 40% of their year. So wow. the, the, the Rabbitoh stuff is very, very popular. So I encourage all of our members and supporters to, to jump online or get to the store at Heffron and check out the new cotton on range. And uh, what's our relationship like with Cotton On? Because I spend a hell of a lot of money at Cotton On Kids. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I'm at East Gardens, I'm in there spending money. It's a, it's a great relationship, and you made it even stronger, Jez. Well done. <laughs> you were there for a couple of weeks after you went to the show. You oh, no, that's it. I know. I'm not going anywhere near the shops or my debit card. My debit card hates me at the moment. But uh, make sure you visit shop.rabbitos.com.au or head down to the Heffron Park Tennis Centre at Bunurong Road in Maroubra to check out all the latest merchandise. Now, our second top four topic of the morning, top four people that you would invite to a barbecue at your place. And we'll start with you this time, Ello, because I know you love a backyard barbie. What? I certainly wouldn't invite Shannon because there'd be nothing left to <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that was an easy alley-oop play. I put it up there <laughs> and Ello comes through with a slam dunk. Uh, yeah. So predictable. <laughs> yeah, but you wrote the notes for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's, it's, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people you'd like to have at a, at a barbecue. Um, I joked about, uh, before we came on, Jez, do you, about 
having Halle Berry there. I'd like mm. to have her at a barbecue, but I know it'll never happen because Raylan won't let her come in. <laughs> <laughs> She's sick of Halle ringing you up, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, might, he might have to get Josh to bring her around for the barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I go back. I was always a massive fan of Greg Norman. Um, you, know, I, you know, he was just, when, when I was, you know, he, Coming through, I was playing a bit of golf as a young kid and getting to the you know, teenage years and that. He was just making it big on the on the golfing circuit worldwide, you know. And um, with him, um, he was in, he's in an era era where um, you know marketing was big and things like that. And he just had everything he could sell to everywhere. He had his own brand, the Shark label, and things like that. And he was a great golfer, obviously, you know. And and um, unfortunately, he probably didn't win the may, but the majors that he should have. Um, and you know, it, it just reminded me because it's coming up. It's actually twenty five years since the, the U.S. Masters where wow. Fialdo beat him. And uh, I was just reading something about it yesterday. And um, but I just thought he'd be great to talk to. You know, the the, the young Australian kid that's come good. Um, which, was, which version of Greg Norman would you have at your barbecue? Would you have the nineteen eighties version, or would you have the current day? Version because I think he's uh, he's a bit out there these yes. days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the shark well, nude photo shoots. And yeah. I preferred him back in the eighties, mate. The music was better, and we'd have, we might have got him up bopping on the dance floor or something at the time. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's definitely changed a little bit. Did you oh. meet him when we went to Jacksonville? He was at the game. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I didn't have a lot of time that day. No, uh, but yeah, I met him briefly. Yeah, yeah. so that was a big moment, but. I think just to have him over, um, he probably could have improved my golf game as well, which would have helped. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, it was funny. Before, before I come on, I couldn't think of the people because there's there so many people you'd like. And on an emotional point, it was you, you asked a question, Daryl, I'd love to have Dad back mm. for a barbecue, you know. So, yeah. um, But, you know, that's, you know, you, you miss you miss your old man, as mm. we spoke about last week, Shannon. But it'd be great to have him back for mm. a barbecue one day. Mm. Uh, I'd have loved to have Paul Keating over. I just uh, Shannon would be hanging over the back oh, fence. <laughs> he's just talking about taking one of your people. He's just took mine. <laughs> you took three of a try, Shannon. <laughs> I just, I just think he's one of the great prime ministers um, that, that we've had, and I just, just you know, he'd get up in Parliament and he just had all the one liners and the one. I'm with Houston. I'll, I'll do you, and I'll do you. But he just he just uh, encapsulated what Australians are like, you yes. know, being witty against each other, and yeah, you know, being sarcastic. But yeah, you know, there's a lot of sarcastic human humour in Australia, and particularly on this show. I must say, <laughs> yeah. I don't but, uh, know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And he has a bit of a distant link with the Rabbitohs. He gave one of his famous speeches in Redfern Park, yes. right next door to, to Redfern Oval, and there's a plaque there in Redfern Park to, to show that that happened there, and so uh, there's a nice little tie in there, Ella. Yeah, and um, probably another one, uh, the great Arthur Beetson. As a, as a kid, I d- grew up, you know, uh, watching the footy, and he was just, he looked like a good bloke, as well as a great footballer. You hear about all the games, the Euchre games, and yes. you know, he likes a pie, he <laughs> likes a beer and things like that. But he just loved rugby league, you know, and he went on after he played and became recruitment. Yeah, albeit for the Roosters, but, you know, he, he was the, you know, the focal point that everyone remembers about the first origin. Mm. You know, he could hardly run on the field that night. His knees were that bad. But, you know, it, it's the iconic moment of the origin. Of the origin where it all started, and there was Big Artie coming on the field, and I think he'd be a great bloke and great company to have have at uh, at a barbecue at your place. Yeah, he would be very good. You'd have to put some pies on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's okay. <laughs> Not just the steak and the sausages. It's probably why I want to bring him over. <laughs> It's amazing that you excluded Shannon for the same reason. (laughs) (laughs) Over to you, Shannon. Who's who's, uh, coming over to Vaucluse or wherever you live at the moment? (laughs) (laughs) Sleeping in the cellar here at South (laughs) Jews. The Prime Minister will be coming over. He's his next door neighbour, (laughs) Kiribilli. Please. Help a brother out over here, please. <laughs> uh, the first one 
is a man who's very close to the Rabbitohs. He's actually the mayor of Mudgee, and that's the great Des Kennedy. <laughs> Des, fantastic fella. And the reason I'd invite him, he, beside the fact that he's exceptional company, he loves he loves beer. He owns two pubs in, in Mudgee. He loves beer. He loves food. It's, he does the best scotch fillets. Hello, we take the team there every year. He does the best scotch fillets. They're about four inches thick, and they're fantastic. Um uh, he loves footy, as I said, and he loves racing. Uh, so beer, food, footy, owns a couple of pubs. He could stock stock the barbecue up, so he'd be the first in line every time. When You're did right. you change your name to Des Kennedy? <laughs> <laughs> I might be an Ill- illegitimate child now. <laughs> down the track. We've got a lot in common. No, knowing Des also, what he, you know, there's not a lot of people in life that when you first meet them, you feel like you've known them for many, many years, and yep. you see him in a conversation and in a gathering of people. He's like that with everyone. He's and a great it's, guy. it's it's you know, it's a great um, thing that he's got as a person to be able to have that ability. Yes. But uh, And it, he he's you know, he's a big supporter of the he is the reason why we take the charity shield to Mungie because it was partially his brainchild. He funds it through the Midwest Regional Council. Our members and our sponsors love it. It's become a real fixture on our calendar. So a great supporter of the Rabbitohs as well as being a good guy, Des Kennedy. I think he was edging to get a run at the charity shield. Hello, he was sitting on the bench in the second half. He did, he I think he was waiting for you to look across and go, Kennedy, you're on. <laughs> <laughs> Kennedy, warm up. <laughs> you know, his son Ben wasn't a bad player either, actually. He, was, he played for the Raiders and... Um, a few other clubs. He was very good. No, I that's pl- not his son. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't know that was Mate, his son. I actually played with, with Des's brother at, okay. at the Sharks back in 85. Oh, Paul right. Kennedy, PK, nickname, yeah. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, was, yeah. How, how'd he go? He's pretty good, mate. He was pretty – he was unfortunate. He played behind Barry Russell. So, Barry yeah. Russell sort of got the jump. But yep. he played a bit of first grade. Yeah, um, okay. And – He'd, have probably, he'd obviously played more if Barry wasn't there. And that, that you know, that was a time when Barry, I think Barry was a Dally M halfback of the year. So. Yeah, very good. Yeah, so it's, it was amazing when we when we caught up first time at Mudgee. So. Well, anyway, that relationship should be going for another 10 years <laughs> after that, Shannon. Well done. It sounds like Shannon's happy to have a one-on-one intimate date with Des, but do you want to invite three more people? Any, any time, Desi would. Any time. Uh, another one, and um, this isn't because I'm overly religious or anything, but it's Jesus. Like how good it would, would it be to have Jesus and just pick his brains on all things? Who's going to win the Melbourne Cup next year? And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but just just the life he lived. You couldn't have him on Good Friday, of course, because you know, he's having a barbecue <laughs> on Good Friday. You get him late on Easter yeah, Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Easter, Easter Monday. Easter Monday. I've got to say, I have a strong relationship with him on Wednesday mornings when it's Shannon's turn for Joke of the Week. <laughs> Please, Jesus. <laughs> Please make sure it's clean. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, in all the worlds, I was thinking about the historical figures from, you know, the history of the world. You'd have to get him and just, uh, so, and, you know, he could also turn water into wine and <laughs> do all of those kind of things. That'd be a cheap barbecue. How would he get along? How would he get along with Des? Oh, yeah. Him and, yeah. <laughs> you don't eat fish, yeah. yeah. That'd be no good. <laughs> Actually, I reckon him and Des get on really well because I hear Des calling his name out all the time and he's not happy. <laughs> yeah. So there is Jesus. And and the, my third one, and Jesus could probably help me with this because he's passed now, but my old man, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind getting my old man back for a, for a beer. He loved the loved beer and a joke and a, a bit of a laugh and um, – uh, I hope he's with Jesus at the moment. I hope he's not at the other end because he was a bit of a scallywag. The old man's. Yeah, I don't think you'll be there after that. <laughs> uh, I gave up on that years ago. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it'd be good to have the old man back as well. And um, you mentioned Paul Keating, who, you know, I think was one of Australia's greatest ever prime ministers. And the other one was the great Bob Hawke. He loved the beer. He loved the joke. Um, was great company. I happened to be fortunate enough to go to about three luncheons towards the end of his life, Bob. And even you know, at his late eighties or early nineties, whatever he was at that stage, he was still exceptional company and um, singing songs and telling jokes and drinking. And you know, he's famous for for you know sculling those beers at the cricket and you know ha- having the sculling records over in the UK so obviously liked a really good time and uh, and did amazing things for Australia so it's a pretty eclectic list when you think about it Des Kennedy Jesus uh, my dad and Bob Hawke but uh, it'll be a very interesting barbecue I think. Uh, 
good. Very good. Well, my, my four that I had, uh, my number four was Jonah Lomu. I was a big fan of Jonah Lomu growing up, and I had the opportunity to meet Jonah in 2014 when we were in Auckland uh, for the nines. Were you on that? Yeah, I was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, all the boys came back after the first day's play and they took them off to the pool for a, a recovery session. They were going to be about an hour before they came back to the team room um, to have their dinner. And I was in there. I was a one-man band that, that trip for media, so I was setting up our video camera to do some interviews with a couple of the boys for our website after the game. And I'm there setting up the camera, and the door opens, and this guy put pops his head through, and he says, oh, is this the Rabbitohs room? And it was Jonah Lomu. And I said, oh, yeah, it is. And he said, oh, I'm, I'm here to meet Michael Maguire. I said, oh, I'll come in. Madge, Madge won't be far off. I'll, I'll, I'll send him a text. And Madge was upstairs with his birthday cake that said, happy birthday, Madge. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> what a great God. story that is. We'll, we'll, after, I, after I finish this, we'll tell that one. So, so Jonah comes in and, and I've, just, I've rung Madge and I said, oh, Madge, Jonah Lomu's here. He said, all right, I'll come down. So Madge came down and I'd finished setting up my camera. It was just the three of us sitting around the table just talking about the day's play, about life, about everything Jonah was going through with his medical treatments and he was talking about the All Blacks. And me, uh, it was myself, Madge and Jonah for about 45 minutes and I was just in heaven, like getting the opportunity yeah. to talk to these two sporting brains and people that had achieved so much so Madge so far in his his career with his success in Super League, and there was obviously more to come at the end of that season. But Jonah, everything that he'd achieved in in his career, I was just—you don't get awestruck too often. Um, the novelty of meeting people like that wear off um, when you've been in the game for twenty years. But that that'll stick with me forever. Having that that opportunity to sit down and and talk with um, Jonah and, and Madge for that period of time. So. I'd have Jonah Lomu at my uh, at my barbecue. I'd have Pat Cash from the late 80s. Cashy was my favourite Australian sportsman of all time. When he won that 87 Wimbledon, it was when I was playing tennis in the junior ranks as a kid, and I just absolutely idolised him. At home now, I've got a framed sign, Pat Cash headband up, <laughs> up at my house. I just the, the, the stuff that he achieved back then and the way that he led Australian tennis and – World tennis, I think, because he was only a young bloke when he was taking on the likes of Stefan Edberg and the Swedes in the uh, in the Davis Cup, and and he was leading the way. He was only 18, 19 years of age, and that famous checkered headband and and everything that he was doing at the time, I I just loved Pat. And a few years ago, actually, Pat was being interviewed by Dan Ganane on on Triple M, and so I text Dan while he was on the show, and I just said, he's my favourite player. Would he love to become a Rabbitohs member? Because <laughs> he's a big Hawthorne man. And um, and uh, Dan actually brought it up with him on air, and, and Pat said, oh, look, I'm not too invested in the Rabbitohs at the moment, but perhaps I could down the track, but I'm a Hawthorne man, all that sort of stuff. And I thought, I don't care. Pat yeah. Cash has been talked to about me. This <laughs> yeah. is, this is uh, he shouldn't be coming barbecues if he's not invested in the Rabbitohs. No, I'm going to present him with his, with his membership there. So, so Cashy from the 80s, I'd have him along. I'd have uh, Nelson Mandela come along. The, the stories that I've read and heard about that man are just phenomenal. And, and back in uh, 20... 13, I think it might have been, or 14, I had the opportunity to go to Cape Town in, in South Africa. And we visited Robben Island, which was the island where the the jail was, where all of the black prisoners were put unjustly, as it's since been shown. And they told us the story of Nelson Mandela and the people that were with him. And, and all the tour guides on Robben Island, it amazes me. So that that's not a jail anymore. It's actually a... a thriving community right. it's off the coast of cape town but all the tour guides for all the tourism are, are, are ex-prisoners of robin island right so the guy that was taking us around was in they jail enough of the joiners eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, so they've all been given they've all been given houses and jobs on the island so they've gone from being in prison there oh. unjustly to being able to set up a life still and, God. well they all seem to like it, <laughs> and, <laughs> obviously. And, yeah. all, all a result of him. All as a result like, of him. And just, I thought about that, having him at the barbecue as well, at yeah. my place. But 
Um, wasn't enough food to get rid of. But the book that he wrote, The Long Walk to Freedom, which is a mass, massive book, he wrote in jail. And he used to hide the manuscripts in the bushes in the in the yard because really? if the guards found it, they would have destroyed it. And the photos that you see up there, so there, there were white prisoners and there were black prisoners on the island. And the white prisoners, they had photos. And the white prisoners, because it gets quite cold out there, were in long-sleeve shirts, long pants. They were given socks and shoes and all that sort of stuff. And all the black prisoners were there in... They were lucky to have T-shirts, or they had their T-shirts taken from. They were in shorts and no shoes. Oh, terrible. And they showed the different living conditions where the white prisoners had bunk beds in, in their cells and in their enclosures, and the black prisoners had to sleep either on the ground or on a mattress that was about an inch thick. Oh, it was just, it was amazing. And what he went through, they, they told us, they showed you his cell. And in the cell, it was tiny. It would have been two metres by three metres. There was a bed and there was a red bucket. And the red bucket was their toilet. They had to take their red bucket out to the yard with them um, and empty the red bucket and clean the red bucket. And if they took it out to the yard, because they got an hour a day or something out, outside, if they took it out to the yard and something happened and they weren't able to clean their bucket, they either took their dirty bucket back in for the next 23 hours or if they forgot it, they went without the bucket. Disgraceful. It is disgraceful. It was disgusting. Just the ultimate sacrifice, you know, a man being in prison for just standing up for what he truly believed in. That's right. He changed the life of South Africans forever. Big time. Uh, And, you know, it cost him his marriage. It cost him everything throughout the whole journey. And that's... Like, we talk about people standing up for what they believe in. Yeah. He's the person you go to if ever you needed some, yeah. something in the back of your mind to keep you going. Yeah. Like, I can think of nothing worse than being in prison, yeah. for standing up for something you truly believe in and you're yep. right. And I was thinking about what it. What about after. having to live there for the next 20 years yeah, after, yeah, yeah, after yeah. you get back out? But it was better than what they were living in before. <laughs> yeah, really. that's right. Like, yeah, they've no, actually been like, given a life because I think they, they realised that if they went back to the – the mainland, they probably weren't going to get the opportunities that they were able to get on there, and it's actually yeah. a thriving little community now on that on that island. And just it's a it's an amazing place to go if if you ever get the chance to go to Cape Town, make sure you do the Robin Island tours because it just sums everything up for you. And it, it actually came to mind because you mentioned Invictus last week mm. in our um, movies chat, and what he did, the way so the way that he was treated, you could understand a man being bitter and twisted. But he put all that aside personally to lead South Africa into a new world. And that 1995 World Cup that was held in South Africa was the thing that brought that whole nation together and the whole world back to South Africa because the world had brushed South Africa through apartheid and and everyone had turned their back on them and he was the man that brought them back. And it's not like they're a small nation. They're they're a large nation and I just – I'd love to have him at the Barbie and to uh, – could you imagine the conversation he and Jonah would be having about the 95 World Cup yeah. at my barbecue? <laughs> well, t- talking about you know, the apartheid situation, I remember as a kid, I, I mean, it was in the early 70s, South Africa came out to play in Australia and, and it was sort of a no-no in world sport back mm. then. And there were you know, groups protesting at the SCG, mm. you know, people coming on the lighting fires on the hill. They actually had barbed wire around the whole SCG wow. on top of the picket fence to stop people coming on the field. That That's – it was ma- – you know, when I was a kid, I didn't really understand it then, but I just remember seeing on the news, it was black and white, by the yeah. way, but seeing these protests, I remember it. Yeah. You know, at the SCG now, they've, they've still put up the barbed wire and the picket fences at the SCG, and that's to stop the Roosters members from leaving early, actually, I believe. <laughs> They'd only need sort of two by two metres worth of barbed wire when they keep them both in there. Stop the roosters members leaving, both of them. Yeah. They call it the chook pen, don't they? Uh, so Nelson Mandela would be my third. And my last one, I think we need some laughs. So I'd invite Jerry Seinfeld along. I, I was lucky enough a few years ago to go and see him in concert when he came out here and uh, – and his television show is one of the greatest of all times, the the comedy and the humour in that. So I definitely have Jerry Seinfeld along to tell a few jokes, but also to see what he's like away from the spotlight, mm. to see if he's just a naturally funny man or whether he turns it on for the show and he keeps himself 
pretty demure outside of that. I think it'll be really interesting. So just a, just an aside on that, uh, one of our former players, here, Luke Kelly, who now works with us in, in HR wellbeing, he was over in the states at the end of the, I think it was two seasons ago, and he went to a stand up comedy place and sitting down and you know ten minutes into the act where the first act went off, Jerry Seinfeld walked down on the stage unannounced and did an act for about twenty minutes. It must have been just getting ready for a, you know, a big, big event or something. Yeah. But truly, he was just in the right spot at the right time. Yeah, Amazing. Seinfeld's come out and he's been able to see him live. Jeez, Kel kept, he's kept that quiet around the office, I'll have to ask him He about said he that. wasn't very funny. Just. <laughs> 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 no, a bit like said, Hello. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> Jess, see, that's your four, that's is it? That's my four. All right, I just got to critique and pick you up on a few things. Yep. First of all, just tip for when you're having a barbecue. Never invite Kiwis to the barbecue. Right. They always leave love bites in the leg of lamb. <laughs> <laughs> Never, ever. <laughs> now, also, when you talk about Pat Cash and the invite, yep. the roosters are the only ones that like cash at a barbecue. Right. Okay, so... You, <laughs> <laughs> so, so keep that one. <laughs> and, you know, the Robin Island conditions, they sound terrible, but, mate, I grew up in Wollamaloo, I tell you. We, we had a tough one. My mate had a house that was that dirty, had to wipe his feet to go outside. Honestly, <laughs> it was terrible. We, you know, we, 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 the house was so small, he had to go outside to change his mind. It was... <laughs> Mate, we were that poor when we were growing up in the loo. We used to go to KFC and lick other people's fingers. That's all. <laughs> oh, no. So, you know, it's terrible. Yeah, I, think we'll, uh, well, I think we'll leave it. There's a few other ones you might have to come up with, but that'll be for after 9pm nine, yep. nine, 9 tonight. Yeah, that's there. why Shannon Donato's not invited to either of our barbecues. <laughs> <laughs> I had one for Jerry Seinfeld. I'll let it go. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, that was good fun, and let's hope those barbecues uh, come off one day. <laughs> now, Rabbitohs Plus, it's a great new initiative from the Rabbitohs, which provides services for Rabbitohs members and supporters that they use every day. There's travel deals, home and contents insurance, credit cards, car insurance, home loans, all sorts of products available on Rabbitohs Plus and they can provide you and your family with great deals. So to check it all out, you visit plus.rabbitohs.com.au and it's it's going along great guns, isn't it, Shannon? It is proving very popular with our members and supporters and now, as Alo said earlier, with the travel restrictions up, I definitely encourage everybody to go on and use the What If Travel link there where there's 15% off um, hotel stays and flights for Rabbitohs members. Very good, yes. Rabbitohs uh, Plus, visit plus.rabbitohs.com.au. It's trivia time, gents. Homework time. Let's see how they go. The trivia question from last week. How many Burgesses have played men's grade football for the Rabbitohs since 1908? And hint, not all of them have played first grade. There's stunned silence no, here as they look at each other. first today for James? <laughs> I don't mind. Who wants to chime in first? I'll say it eight. Eight? I'm saying nine. Nine. Eight, nine. The answer is six. Oh, okay. So there was Sam Burgess who played 182 first grade games for the club. Thomas Burgess, he's played 166 so far and still going. George Burgess played 161 grade games with us, including 149 First grade games, one reserve grade game and 11 third grade games in the 20s. Luke Burgess played 51 first grade games for South. Then, of course, we had another English Burgess in Joe Burgess who played nine first grade games for South Sydney in 2016. And the final one is Wally Burgess who played one third grade game for South back in 1956. So there were six Burgesses that have played for South. So the four or brothers. Burgess, we had the discussion <laughs> last week. So the, the, the four Burgess brothers and Joe, five, so just recently, up until then, in our 113 year history, there was one Burgess. One. Very disappointed. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love Burgess. I mean, Burgess. <laughs> uh, very good. Now, our trivia question for next week, along the same theme, how many people with the surname Ellison? have played first, second or third grade football 
for South Sydney since 1908. So we'll we'll get the answer for that next week. But is it we'll played well or just played? <laughs> <laughs> I just turned nuts at <laughs> Obviously. Uh, you only need to run out there to get good with a game. You only need to run out there. There was a player we had back in the early 2000s who made an art form of it. <laughs> but I don't want to give him a rap. He did his best work in the tunnel. <laughs> Anyway, we'll give you the answer to that one. Uh, I resemble next that week. remark. <laughs> we'll give you the answer to that one next week, but I'm hoping Yellow gets it right. Now, if you're looking for your next epic holiday, maybe a long weekend with your mates, or you really need to get to the next game, then it's time to what if it. What if has great deals on accommodation, flights, car hire, and more. Plus, because they're the official travel partner of the Rabbitohs, you can head to whatif.com slash Rabbitohs and use the promo code Rabbitohs15 to save 15% on select hotels. Now, conditions apply with that offer, but make sure you head to whatif.com slash Rabbitohs. Use the promo code rabbitos 15 to save that 15% on select hotels. What if it's Aussie for travel? And as we say each week, it's great to have what if on board. They support so many different areas of our club, the pathways as well. But uh, I think their most important partnership with the club is of the uh, Rabbitohs Podcast Network. Oh, without a doubt, Jersey. Without a doubt. The money <laughs> well spent on the jerseys. <laughs> forget being on anything else. It's right here where well, they're getting their value. Well, I can tell you they're getting return on investment because I've got uh, 20 mates who are using it. And I encourage all of our members to do the same. We're going up. Uh, we play the Gold Coast, the Titans, in just over two weeks. And it happens to be on the Anzac Day weekend. So it's a great weekend to be on the Gold Coast. We play the Titans on the Friday. Friday night, Anzac Day on the Sunday, and uh, I've heard there's some Gold Coast races on the Saturday, apparently, so um, I encourage all members to use the What If voucher, get up and cheer us on to build the uh, Titans in a couple of weeks. Very good. Righto. What If It Is Aussie For Travel. I breathe a little easier when I look at my run sheet and see L.O.'s joke of the week as opposed to Shannon's. <laughs> Let's see what L.O. has got to deliver after they've all bagged Jerry Seinfeld. Yes. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was Shannon's joke of the week. I should have, run the, I should have read the run sheet. Anyway, let's come up with something. I, I had a, um, a guy I used to go to school with and, um, you know, he, he – he was one of four brothers and, you know, his parents did a bit tough. They lived in a two-bedroom unit. So, the, you know, the parents obviously had one room and the the boys all slept in the one. It was a king-size bed, you know, so they had a bit of room to move. But, they, you know, getting older. But a big problem he had, one of his brothers was a terrible bedwetter. So, you know, he used to get sick of it every night, you know. His brother had... I can imagine. He went to bed and he'd be stuck in there. He, he got sick of going on the floor because, you know, anyway. So, anyway, one night he's got out and he thought, I'm going to boot, I'm going to sleep on the lounge. Right? So, um, he's gone out and he's put the TV on the lounge. He's got him, he's got the whole lounge to himself. There's only three brothers in the bed anyway. He's lying there. He's falling asleep in front of the TV and um, his mum comes out. Wakes him up and said, Johnny, Johnny, what, what are you doing? Oh, he said, oh, no, no, I'm just sleeping out here. I don't want to I don't wanna go back in there. Patrick always pisses the bed. And she said, look, 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 you've got to go back in, in the bed. She said, you've got to, you can't sleep out here. It's too uncomfortable. Said, Which end of the bed would you like to go? He said, the shallow end, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Good. I, hope that's, I hope that's not a true story. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. We'll be we'll be back in a moment to wrap things up. Well, thank you again, everyone, for listening. It's our seventh episode, as we said at the start. They said we wouldn't make it, but seven, I think, is a pretty good, uh, pretty good strike rate so far. You can you can contact us with topic suggestions as Triff eighty one did. You can fill out the form at rabbitos.com.au slash podcast or contact us via Twitter and uh, at SSC. Uh, 
SSFC Rabbitohs. Sorry, tripping over my tongue there on Twitter and, and let us know what topics you'd like to hear each week. Don't forget to write us a glowing review and give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts and hit that subscribe or follow button to make sure that the podcasts download automatically every week. And don't forget to tune into our other uh, our other podcasts on the Rabbitohs podcast network, including our media conferences leading up to games. There's also the audio version of the Rabbitohs Insider and the one not to miss each week is the Rabbitohs Radio podcast with Chaps, Mavo and Brownie. They had a great interview last week with Les Davidson. They they work with Davo at the Wolves and they sat down with him uh, in one of their breaks at, at, at the Wolves and it was really good to hear from uh, Davo about his memories of playing with the Rabbitohs and, and coming from, from Dubbo where we're heading out later and he mentioned that you've invited him out for the game, Shannon, and he'll be a part of the, uh, the festivities out there when we play the Panthers in Dubbo later in the year. He will be. Uh, he'll be on the field, hopefully doing a bit of Q&A with you, Jez, or whoever it is out on the field. I'll get field. to take him through my trial. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll be as riveted as the rest of us were. <laughs> you want to hope he doesn't want to tackle you, Jez. <laughs> I'll put some no-dos in his drink. <laughs> Uh, so the boys are doing a great job on the Rabbitohs Radio podcast. Great to have them involved. And what we're going to try and do is try and hook all six of us up for a podcast one week somehow with our roadcasters and Zoom and all that sort of stuff. So we'll see how that goes. That's all in the planning at the moment. But uh, we'll be back next week with more from the Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast, which is powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If. And uh, great to have you back again, Ella. Yes, Jez, no, another great person and great pass player. The club's going to be out at Dubbo too with his family. Great Kyle Turner contacted me the other day. He's going to be out at the game. Fantastic. One of That's our the big dog. The big dog. Yeah, well, the big what, dog. Why are they calling him the big dog? I don't know. Let's interview him on field and I'll okay. ask him that yeah, and see yeah. how ready his face goes. Okay. <laughs> 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 that is for after 9am. Uh, uh, is it the same reason Ello's got the nickname of the cashew nut? <laughs> that was one of the great stitch-ups. I've got to say, Dave Tyrrell had a very, very dry sense of humour and we had our weekly media conferences and Kyle hadn't done one before and Dave was up talking to the media beforehand and he said, who's on next? And I said, oh, Kyle, come, come over, mate, and introduced him and... Uh, they said to, to Tiz, they said, oh, what can we ask him about? And he said, just ask him why they call him Big Dog. <laughs> <laughs> and poor Kyle, if there was a hole he could have crawled in, uh, he would have crawled in. You know what? I'd be <laughs> perpetuating be that myth. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have that in the paper. <laughs> It'd have to be in the Herald. <laughs> <laughs> the broadsheet. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> very good. As we said, we'll be back next week with more from the Top 4 podcast powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If. We will see you then. Thanks for listening to the Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash Rabbitohs to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code Rabbitohs15 to get 15% off select hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel. Please leave us a five-star rating and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Up the Rabbitohs.